0: Hello, I'm Olivia Swanson from New Chapter Coaching, and this is Emerging Stronger Together. Emerging Stronger Together is a four-part multimedia series for those who want to improve their nonprofit organizations in the areas of HR, operations, implicit bias, and IDE, and fundraising. Each week, we have a new Non- New Chapter Coaching strategic partners share their expertise, insights, and actionable strategies to help you all, nonprofit leaders, staff, and board members improve their organizations in our community and beyond. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, your favorite podcast app, and to follow us at New Chapter Coaching to stay up to date. With me today is Jamie Fredericks, New Chapter Coaching Strategic Partner in the area of fundraising. Welcome to Emerging Stronger Together, Jamie.
1: Thank you. Thanks for letting me be a part of the series.
0: Yes, of course. We're so happy to have you. So Jamie, please tell everyone about yourself, who you are, and what you do with New Chapter Coaching.
1: Sure. Uh, I am New Chapter Coaching Strategic Partner for Fundraising, and that means that I work with organizations to help them strengthen their fundraising so that they can raise more money to do more of the wonderful things that they do to make a difference in our community. And so I most often work with organizations who I like to categorize as small but mighty. So they're the type of organization that may not have a full-time development director or fundraiser on the team um or they may have a newer development director who's sort of up and coming but not have a lot of experience yet and Mm -hmm. um but most often fundraising Mm -hmm. is in the purview of the executive director and or volunteer board members who have a lot of other things that they are balancing with fundraising that are really really important and so i help them figure out What are the things that they can do for fundraising that are going to make the biggest impact with the smallest amount of time and effort so that it can fit in with all the other really, really important things they have to do?
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's such a huge help. It's been such a pleasure to see the impact that Jamie has made in so many organizations around fundraising. And we're excited to have her here with you all today to meet you. So Jamie, tell us, this series is a lot about resilience, right? So how an organization can be sustainable, how it can be resilient. So how does fundraising um, relate to that? So I think two things come to mind when relating resilience
1: and fundraising. The first is that having a good fundraising program is really helpful for organization resilience because the cornerstone of fundraising is really relationships and, and so when you have that establishment in place and we go through tough times, like we've all been experiencing over the past, you know, almost 18 months now, um, it means that there are people, you know, caring, committing, committed people in your corner that are going to help you through that. And I think a big part of resilience, whether you're talking personally or professionally, or as a nonprofit organization, is having those people that you can count on and those people that will help you to bounce back. You know, you, you don't have to go through it all alone, I think. I hope that that's a lesson that we have all learned in the past year and a half. And we definitely saw in 2020 that organizations that had robust fundraising programs actually did pretty well. Their donors stepped up and um, really understood what the challenges um, these nonprofit professionals were facing, especially as we're looking at, you know, canceling events and losing other revenue streams and, you know, All all the things that we all went through. Um, And so when you're thinking about building a resilient organization, having a robust fundraising program, I think really needs to be a part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. The other sort of catch 22 of this is that I think organizations that have a lot of the characteristics that are important to resiliency are set up really well to do good fundraising. So, uh, you know, a really key part of fundraising is um, being really authentic, being able to communicate what your needs and your impact are, um, and, and making strong connections with people. And I think those, skills are also come into play when you're thinking about being resilient overall of you know having strong strategic priorities and knowing what they are you know knowing your own identity your core mission and being able to communicate that to others organizations who are able to do that tend to be very resilient and if that describes your organization if you're not already you know, doing great fundraising, you're really set up to be, to be ready to carry that message to donors and have them respond positively to it.
0: Yeah, oh gosh, those are such great points, Jamie. And I couldn't agree more. I see such a clear connection with a resilient organization and resilient fundraising. And um, I think they really do go hand in hand. Um, so thank you. So Jamie, what tips do you have for folks who are listening today to get started in um, developing or improving their fundraising program to make it more resilient?
1: Yeah, that is a great question because um, I really do believe that most nonprofit organizations who are doing good work and have a clear goal can be doing great fundraising, but I see all the time the disconnect between, you know, organizations that are long established and have big fundraising programs and, and their performance and those who are newer or smaller or just don't quite have a history of fundraising yet because they've relied on other revenue sources and, you know, not performing as well. And you're like, but they're doing such great work and that, you know, they're so good. And you just, why aren't people seeing this and throwing money at them, right? And so this is sort of what I do day to day is help them figure out, okay, well, how do we get over that bridge into establishing that program? And I think there are a couple of things that are important to understand about fundraising. I always say that fundraising works best when it's systematic. And so that means being really clear on what you wanna achieve with your fundraising and then setting out some steps that you're gonna do on a consistent basis to be able to do that. And with a lot of the nonprofits I work with, They don't have a lot of time. I mean, they definitely don't have, you know, a 40 hour Mm -hmm. traditional full-time position to be able to do these things. I'm not talking about a a 24 seven fundraising program. It's more understanding what are some things that when you do them consistently tend to build relationships, tend to build trust, which is, um, you know, really the heart of relationship is trust and. So that's what we're trying to establish with prospective donors and um, current donors and stakeholders and board members and volunteers and the people we serve and our employees and and everyone. And so what are the things that we can do uh, on a consistent basis that establishes that trust and um, has that good communication? And so I always recommend starting with a fundraising plan. So establishing here are the things that we're gonna focus on. And it's probably going to be different for every organization. it's certainly, I've had a lot of fundraising plans in my time as uh, your strategic partner. And uh, none of them are alike, They there might be some similarities from one organization to the other, but really it's customized to fit, you know, it has to fit your culture as an organization. It has to fit the style of the leaders, whether they're staff members or volunteers, it has to fit, uh, you know, be realistic in the amount of time people actually have to spend fundraising because, you know, as much as I would love for the executive directors I work with to be making fundraising calls every day, that's just not practical for most uh, nonprofit leaders, um, especially, you know, for some of these smaller, newer nonprofits where they just wear so many hats. It's really kind of amazing. Um, So having that plan that puts everybody on the same page that says, here are the strategies that we have reason to believe are going to work and then carrying forth on it. And so, you know, breaking it down into thinking about, okay, how many donors do we need to include and how do we reach them? who are the donors who are most likely to make gifts of significance to our organization and how do we establish that trusting relationship to where they feel really comfortable and actually excited to be making some of those gifts and i think that all starts with a fundraising plan and the nice thing about that as relates to resilience i think it can serve as sort of a touchstone in your organization i mean Granted, in 2020, I saw a lot of fundraising plans get thrown out the window because we had to do everything different. Yeah. But on the other hand, some of those key pieces like um, insider emails to your top supporters or th- doing thank you calls on a weekly basis or connecting with people and when you can't connect in person, making sure to have that connection over the phone or over Uh, video conference, um, that can help hold things together, you know, in a time when there is a lot of uncertainty and I think help be more resilient and and prepared for for those challenging times. And then, you know, having that plan also gives you a place to start to say, oh, we thought we were going to raise this amount of money from this thing that we're not going to be able to do or that we have to change okay, well, we can see it all on paper here. Here's the adaptation that we do to make sure that our organization receives the resources we need to be able to do our very important work, because I think we saw very clearly our community needs all of our nonprofits. And so taking you know, moving away from, from making sure that everyone has the right resources or ha- has enough resources to fulfill their mission, um, I think is, it would be very detrimental to our community in the long run.
0: Yeah, that's a really excellent point. And Jamie so in that so having a systematic process I hear is your recommendation. So in that I also heard you talk a lot about relationships and trust. So how do you recommend that nonprofit leaders and folks who are fundraising and building this resilient fundraising program within their organization. How do they successfully build those relationships that are centered around trust.
1: So it depends, <laughs> it depends on the organization. It depends on the perspective donor. It depends on, you know, what the, the needs are going to be, but it has to do, I think at its core with consistent, honest communication. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great things about, you know, building some of these systematic uh, processes and habits of, you know, making a certain amount of, num- a, a certain number of calls per week, or, you um, consistently doing thank you calls to donors or having an email newsletter, like new chapter coaching comes out every week, right? Like clockwork, and I know it's there. And that is building trust between your audience and you. And it's just the same with nonprofits. And so um, having that communication occur consistently, and so it's not just happening when there's a need, it's also happening just in general, And then making sure that the messaging of all those communications are both really consistent and also really honest. Um, One thing I frequently see with organizations, just in general, not necessarily with organizations I work with, but um, I think often with organizations, there is a desire to paint a really rosy picture all Mm -hmm. the time. I I give to a lot of organizations. And so I receive a lot of nonprofit communications. And there does tend to be an approach of of kind of sort of a look how wonderful we are, look how great we're doing. Uh And I think it's important, you should, because they are doing great, and they should share that with their supporters. But you want to make sure that that is the whole story. And if there are areas that are a need or that are a challenge, sharing that with your donors and prospective donors gives them an opportunity to become a part of your story and a part of your mission to take part in filling that need. And so I think people in general, are pretty smart about the communications we receive and I get a sense on whether it's being, you know, very, um, forthright, whether it is the true picture. And Mm -hmm. so when you are sharing that side of you, um, I think it will either ring true and your prospective donors will understand and want to step up to meet the need Mm -hmm. or um, it won't fit with with the amazing rosy picture that you've been um, presenting. And then it just makes it a little harder for people to actually take the step to, you know, get out their credit card or authorize the donation or however
0: they're choosing to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It takes vulnerability. It takes vulnerability, the authenticity to show when an organization needs help and um it's it's so important you know if we we all think about ourselves and who we want to give to we want to give to someone who has a need and who we can really help not someone who has it all together so um that's such a great point thank you um so what would you suggest let's let's imagine here and i'm sure this happens i know this happens um so imagine you start making calls, you have a systematic process, you're creating relationships, and then you hear the big N-O mm-hmm. over and over. What do you do? How do you not take that personally?
1: This is a very good question. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's that fear that's one of the biggest challenges in fundraising.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And I think the first thing is to understand that it, it's often not about you as the organization and the nonprofit leader. It's often about the donor and where they are on their own, you know, journey of philanthropy and altruism and, and trying to make a difference. Um, And so part of it is just taking that no and understanding it's not a judgment on your work or that, that your cause isn't worthy enough. Yeah. I think the other side of that is to not hear no as the end of the conversation, but to hear no as an opportunity to learn more. You know, did you ask too soon? Did you ask for something that they're not interested in? Did you not do, you know, enough um, education work with that particular donor to explain the need? Or are they just really your cause isn't something that, you know, makes their heartbeat faster and really excited to dig in and be a part of the solution. We all have, I think, pet causes that are dear to our hearts. And while um, the organizations I, that I support casually are, you know, have a span of pretty large, <laughs> pretty large breadth of missions, and I am, you know, interested and passionate and a a wide variety of things. I mean, there are so many great organizations out there Mm -hmm. on the other hand, you know, when donors are thinking about um, larger gifts or, or becoming involved more deeply, there may be things that are a special interest to them. And it may be just that your cause doesn't fit in with that. And so taking those conversations to be able to learn and to be able to say to that donor, oh, well, that's great that you're interested in this other thing and you know, wish them well. Or maybe your cause is, um, actually does have something to do with that and they just didn't realize it. And there, there actually is more of a fit than you think. But not every person is going to be a donor to every cause. So you may get a few no's here and there. On the other hand, I have to say, and fundraising are maybe not as frequent as people believe Uh because most of the time by the time we Mm -hmm. reach an asking stage with a prospective donor they've already given some indication that they're excited to give and so sometimes uh nonprofit leaders especially board members hear fundraising and they think like cold calling that they're gonna be picking up the phone and talking to strangers and just asking them for a random amount of money or walking into a local business and saying, oh, hey, will you support this with, you know, no real rationale for for why they should. And actually fundraising, when it's done really well, it really starts more with that communication and relationship building piece, um, where by the time you get to the ask, the donor has really been given a reason to want to give and feel excited about giving. And so I, th- you know, most of the organizations that I am connected to or work with, I think get way more yeses than no's because their asks are, are very strategic.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a great point. And you're right. I hear from people too, you know, they're nervous to make that call or, you know, the cold calling and things and Um, I absolutely agree. Successful fundraising is so much more than that. And it's strategic and it's planned and it is built on relationships. And, um, and, and yeah, people, people do want to give. So I appreciate that, and I hope everyone here listening takes that to heart as well and feels empowered to ask and to develop a program that is and a a process that's systematic, to be vulnerable and authentic with your asks, to build those relationships authentically and with trust, and then also um, not to take it personally. So thank you everyone for tuning in. And Jamie, so they heard those tips here from you today, but what if, and hopefully it's true, someone here listening would love to work with you and would love to bring you in and have you help their organization. What would that look like?
1: Uh, Thank you for asking. (laughs) Um, So I have sort of three primary ways I work with nonprofit organizations. The first thing I offer is I call it an advanced fundraising diagnostic. It's just a basic assessment of your fundraising program. And so I'll come in, I'll look at your data, your results over the last few years, your materials that you use for fundraising, and then actually talk to the organization's um, leadership, um, a few board members and a few donors, and really try to get a sense of what the organization's, you know, strengths and opportunities are that we can build on to raise more money. And then I provide a series of recommendations and um, the organization can can take that and move forward into a plan. Or I also, um, as one of the ways I work with organizations, is help them create fundraising plans. And most often that is, you know, that annual development plan, that annual fundraising plan. I call it a roadmap to fundraising success. Um, But it's basically what I was talking about, you know, creating those systems and processes. And part of of working with me on that is identifying the strategies that are going to work best for your organization and then laying out exactly what those tasks are and figuring out when we're going to do it, who's going to do them and when. So that it can really fit into the organizations calendar. Um, but I also do that with, you know, sort of niche fundraising programs. If an organization is interested in, you know, developing a legacy giving program or um, preparing for a specific event or trying to implement a new fundraising strategy, we can create a plan around that too. Because um, it's sort of the same um, overall steps supply. And then finally, I do implementation coaching with organizations. And so taking either the recommendations or that plan or some strategic thing that they are working on to improve their fundraising. And I work with them, you know, hand in hand, a a certain number of hours a month. It's generally three hours, five hours, or eight hours a month and um, provide overall sort of coaching and advising, but also some technical support where I can help develop materials that are gonna really speak to donors or um, edit proposals or uh, help put together a prospect list and, and organize things in a way that uh, the team will be able to use them to um, engage you know, other volunteers to be a part of fundraising. So um, those are the three main things I do. I like to say that they generally work together as a package, you know, starting with an assessment and then doing a plan and then doing some implementation, but, uh, it, it can really, uh, be one, two, or all, all three things with a nonprofit organization. And, um, the best way to get in contact with me about that is through new chapter coaching to reach out to you and you'll, you'll connect them with me. And, um, I'd really be happy to help, um, any, you know, any cause that's really trying to uh, raise more money and do more good.
0: Yes. Thank you, Jamie. And um, thank you to all of you who are listening. As Jamie said, if you're interested in working with her, please do reach out to us. You can contact us at info at newchaptercoach.com info at newchaptercoach.com. Um and we're so thankful to have you on our team, Jamie, and to be able to communicate your services to everyone because I mean just hearing you go through your list again, it's so Um, it's so impactful the difference that fundraising can make and that you can make and and do make in um, helping nonprofits in this area and help their organization as a whole um, as a result become more resilient. So thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for being here with us today. And to everyone who's watching and listening, thank you so much. This is the fourth out of four of our segments of the um, Emerging Stronger Together Multimedia Summer Series. We plan to see you again in the future. So we hope that you will subscribe, stay tuned, follow us on Facebook. Also check out our website, it's newchaptercoach.com. On the website, you will find a free comprehensive list of resources, as well as a way to sign up for our free weekly newsletter, as Jamie referred to it. And mm-hmm. um, and we a- in that email, we have, um, Every week, we'll send out free resources. We'll send out um, nonprofit news, ways to communicate and connect with other nonprofit leaders and so much more. So we hope you will continue to join us at New Chapter Coaching. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you.